I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as foils attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Amazing about it, I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott. Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there. It's over your favorite host in all of podcasts. And welcome to your weekly Nerd Alert. It's going to be a slim show today. We're cutting the dead weight. It's just a two-man show today. It's the uh, the how do we, how do I say it's Ronan Pupa of Nerd Alert. Hello. And joining us from somewhere in time and space via the DeLorean, it's the Doc. I love it when a plan comes together. Dun, 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 dun. Quick, go to the shed, get a welding torch, and make a tank. Oh, eight bales and uh, tractors. Make that. Uh, double bonus. I have a nerd fact for you. Ooh, look at you filling them big Scott Cox shoes. All right. So, the reason that you lose your sense of smell and taste when you contract uh, COVID nineteen is a bunch of technical mumbo jumbo and jargon that I don't fully understand. That was a wonderful fact. Thank you. <laughs> I just thought I'd share that. I tried to read why. Could, couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, apparently there's some Harvard people on it right now. So you go Harvard people. Explain okay. it to me when you figure it out. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's just the two of us today. Um, stuff got weird this week, so we're recording at a different date and time than normal. And uh, some people had to be at work because, sadly, we don't get paid to do this show. We just do it because we're dumb. Uh, But thank you for listening. Today, uh, without further ado, we're just going to get into Scott's not here to give us some giant nerdy fact. Uh, Jason gave us the nerdy fact of the day, which was just (laughs) so full of um, specificity and uh, big words. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. The most specificity specifics that could specify. specify. Yep. Yeah. Words are fun. <clears throat> so this week, we are going to address what has basically been like the 800-pound gorilla in the room of fandom. Uh, we sort of touched on this in past shows, but today we're going to do a deep dive on the enigma known as the Snyder Cut. Specifically, Ugh. what the fuck is going on with the Snyder Cut? Because I feel like every week, sometimes multiple times a week, 
I see new headlines and I'm like, wait, what? Huh? That doesn't what? So we're gonna go through the timeline briefly. Uh, and then we're gonna uh, try to make sense of this, and I, I suspect mostly it'll be us just wildly conjecturing on what the fuck is going on, because uh, I really, really, really believe that what we're going to get is not at all what this was originally supposed to be, uh, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent. <coughs> so, some quick backstory. In case you've been living under a rock for the last four years, uh, around 2016 is when Justice League was being filmed. And they began filming right after uh, they completed and released um, Man of Steel. Sorry, got my timeline for a minute. No, sorry, sorry. Before, after uh, Batman v Superman. Sorry, we went Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and then went straight into Justice League. Uh, which, in part, you kind of have to give credit to Warner Brothers for for just rolling with it. Um, they know how long these movies take to make, and they're like, nope, just start. Just start the next one. Uh, we, w- we want to have them ready to go like the Marvel kids do. Um, Don't worry at all about how Batman versus Superman does in the box office. Yeah, and that's uh, part of part of this whole giant mess of a story. Uh, so put a pin in that. But uh, during, so when Justice League was first gearing up to begin shooting, the original intent was that they were going to film two movies at the same time to be released roughly a year apart. Justice League Part 1, Justice League Part 2. So the original script, the original prep for production was for two movies. And even into, as far as I can tell, I wasn't there when it happened, but as far as I can tell in my research, as far as into filming, they were planning on this being two movies. So, uh, because of, depending what you want to believe and how, if you want to put your tinfoil hat on or not, before the movie was done uh, and in the can, Zack Snyder left production. Zack Snyder had directed Man of Steel. He, uh, I believe, co-wrote and, and I know directed Batman v Superman and then uh, was a producer at that point. Basically, Snyder was handed the keys to the DC Kingdom and said, just go with it because you're all we've got, really. Uh, but before the movie was even done, Snyder left. And that's either because of, depending which you want to believe, creative differences with the studio, um, which apparently just completely fell apart, uh, because the studio was, as, as the doc pointed out, not happy with the box office t- return and really not happy with the critical reception of Batman v Superman, which was, uh, Jay, do you want to sum up audience reaction for us? <laughs> Whoo, boy! Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> uh, you, you do not want to pick a fight with this man. Oh God! Oh, I'd managed to forget about that. I'd managed to somehow completely block that out of my mind. Um, yeah. So the, the tone in general, of the DC universe was getting pretty dark, and people were not necessarily on board with that. Not that we wanted DC to be a you know carbon copy of Marvel, but like, hey guys, you're fucking superheroes. Lighten up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so there was some fear going into Justice League that, and this is a term we used on, on Nerd Alert all the time, or uh, sorry, on Todd Nerdy Jimmy, that they were basically going to paint the entire DC universe with the Batman brush. Uh, everything's going to be desaturated, dark colors, everyone's <laughs> grim, dark and brooding and depressed, and man, being a superhero was hard. Uh, that kind of thing, because that's it's... what we've gotten going forward. That's it, which works for Batman because that's Batman. But yeah, exactly. Uh, they tried to do it with Superman. It, it, 
I would argue didn't really work with Man of Steel. I enjoy Man of Steel. I love Henry Cavill as Superman. Uh, but Man of Steel was a good starting point. I don't think I would call it, hey, done. We made the best Superman movie ever. <laughs> got some work to do and, and, and they did him even worse in in um batman v superman they really double down on the broody depressed superman it's uh, it's just so challenging to watch him be so mopey well it's it, it's so against character like to have a crisis of conscience fine to go have the heart to heart with with papa kent cool that's all in character but like he spends the whole movie just being sad and mopey and it's like no you're superman you're supposed to be the counterpoint to batman he's dark and broody and you're light and, and hopeful that's why you guys are fun to watch together you balance each other out but so so anyway the fear going in the justice league was that every character was going to be this way aquaman is going to be grim dark which it didn't help when you cast jason momoa and all the footage is him you know drinking and throwing bottles in the ocean even though he's fucking aquaman and, you know, okay, yeah, not the best representation. Um, Wonder Woman, I, if I remember my timeline correct, hadn't come out yet. So we, the only glimpse of Wonder Woman we got was in Batman v Superman, which not bad, but we don't really know the character yet. Flash, we hadn't really seen at all except for that stupid computer screen thing. So the, the fear was that everyone's going to be dark and mopey. And that was not lost on the studio. So those creative differences, if you believe that's the reason Snyder left, um, were the studio trying to literally in midstream course correct the tone of not just this movie, but the entire DCEU of, Hey, we need to lighten this up. Um, and, and we'll get to that a little bit, but uh, eventually what was stated was Snyder left because uh, his, his oldest, or I believe oldest daughter um, sadly committed suicide. And uh, Snyder forged ahead for about two months, still working on the on the project. And he said it was his way of trying to ignore all that and put it out of his mind as focus on the movie. And it got to a point where he just couldn't anymore. And, and whether you believe that's the reason he did leave or you want to put your tinfoil hat on and say that's just the reason, the, the excuse we gave so he could save face. For whatever reason, Snyder left this project. It was an unfinished movie by all accounts, two unfinished movies. So what happened is they brought in Joss Whedon, who's, you know, at that point, the guy who got Avengers going. He did Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron, which I say is criminally underrated. Uh, Firefly, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Dollhouse. He's Joss Whedon. If you're a nerd, you fucking know who Joss Whedon is. So they brought him in, supposedly initially, to help do some rewrites. When the studio decided, we don't want two movies, we want one movie. And we want the tone to be lightened up a bit. So that's when Joss Whedon came on board, was to kind of help steer the ship into the direction the studio wanted to go. Even though, uh, to mix my metaphors here, the train was already on the tracks. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the boat that's now a train is already on the tracks. Uh, <laughs> and that train hit an iceberg. Oh, boy. <laughs> iceberg right ahead. Um, so basically, Joss Whedon, once Snyder left, became the director uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, even though Snyder's name is still on it. And I think that's more to do with Director's Guild states to be to have your name on a project as director. You have to shoot 75% or more of the film. And uh, Whedon didn't do that. But basically at that point, Whedon inherited two movies that were incomplete that the studio mandated. You now cut to one movie 
and we want the tone to be lighter. So he went through Snyder's footage, tried to pare all that down into one coherent story, and then wrote uh, something like 80 pages of new script, basically to patch this monster together, to Frankenstein this thing up. Um, and then it came out, uh, you would think after all this shit, they would postpone the, the release date, give themselves more time to work on it, give themselves more time to, you know, CGI certain actors' mustaches out. <laughs> but, and this is uh, real bullshit, uh, to, to make sure studio executives got their bonuses, uh, this movie did not get a pushed release date. It came out on the intended release dates. And, uh, Jay, want to give me the audience reaction again? Oof, oof, boy. No, 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 no. 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 Again, couldn't have said it better myself, buddy. Um, so, uh, uh, pretty much immediately, fans began the outcry for hashtag release the Snyder Cut, which became this fabled thing on the internet. Uh, people believing that somewhere in these, you know, storehouses, the warehouse of Warner Brothers, sitting on a shelf, is this completely finished, edited, score, uh, VFX done movie sitting on the shelf that they just refuse to put out. They they have their top men working on it. <laughs> but who? Top men. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 according to fans on the internet, it was, again, the movie was completely done, sitting in a box uh, next to the Ark of the Covenant, and the bones of a unicorn, um, and all the Pappy Van Winkle, uh, my customer stinker, just sitting in my store. Um, but the whole movement picked up some steam uh, when cast and crew started to, to leak things out. Uh, cast members came out and said, "Also, you know, hey, release the Snyder cut." Um, crew members started talking about you know things they shot, things they knew were filming for the movie. Um, there was a lot of speculation as to. And I, I refuse to believe that it was ever completed uh, because for reasons we'll get into. Uh, but I'm sure, yes, there there was a reportedly up to 90 minutes of footage that was shelved and not used for the initial, for the theatrical release of Justice League. Because, again, it went from two movies to one movie um, and, and reshot a bunch of stuff. So it, it, for years, it was released the Snyder Cut, and, and actors would come out and, and say, hey, release the Snyder Cut, and, and people would talk about things they, they remember. We kind of got glimpses of what we think the story might have been. And it was one of those things where, like, I put it off as, hey, maybe 15, 20 years from now, they'll dust it off and put it out. And then the only precedence we really had for this was, and Jay, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but the, the Richard Donner cut of Superman two. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Okay. So the, the fabled Richard <laughs> Donner cut, and the reason they're bringing it up is because there's a lot of similarities here. Uh, and in fact, that's how I know how much of a film a director has to shoot to get their name on a credit. Um, Superman with Chris Reeve originally shot Superman one and two, not back-to-back, -back, but as one continuous movie. The original plan was we'll make two of them, we'll shoot them all at the same time, we'll put them out about a year apart, count our money. Uh, 
Superman production had a lot of issues and, and fell behind. And eventually the, the producers decided, all right, forget Superman 2, just finish Superman 1. Um, and by that point, by the time Superman 1 came out, relations between the Salkinds and, and um, Richard Donner had totally broken down. And they brought in a new director to finish Superman 2. So Superman 2, for decades, was uh, kind of a, sort of like the Snyder Cut. It was originally shot by Richard Donner, and then another director came in to finish it and reshot a bunch of stuff in order to get his name put on it as the sole director. Decades later, I want to say it was in like the early 2000s, Warner Brothers finally brought Richard Donner back in to complete his cut of Superman 2 which led to the the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. Largely the same movie, but some some big differences. The whole opening act is different. Uh, It's got a little harder edge to it. Um, But anyway, the reason I bring that up is that being the only real precedence to a movie like this is I figure, okay, someday, 10, 20 years from now, we'll get a Snyder cut just like the the Donner cut of Superman 2. It won't replace Superman 2, but it'll be enough time will have passed that we can we can say, hey, we can make some money off this. It's already mostly done. Let's just string it together, slap it on a Blu-ray, put it out there. And that's nope. kind of yeah, kind of what I thought we'd get. Well, then the whole fucking world changed. Uh, literally, <laughs> there was a merger, a corporate merger. Uh, COVID nineteen happened, and suddenly, streaming services are your big revenue cash cow if you're a multimedia conglomerate not theatrical releases and that is brings us to roughly february of this year when after a sea change um warner brothers which is it owns hbo they're all part of the same company now so warner brothers uh partners up with hbo and they put out hbo max which is their new streaming service and like every streaming service in 2020, they are desperate for new content, especially big name stuff that will bring in new subscribers. So apparently February 2020, Zack Snyder meets with the new heads of Warner Brothers and the new people in charge at HBO Max, and they screen what's left of the Snyder Cut, which goes back to it was never finished. Um, screen what was there to take a look at, okay, can we complete this? What would it take to complete this? Does next Zack Snyder, Knack Snyder, wow, does Zack Snyder want to complete this? They had a powwow. And at that powwow, it was decided, yeah, yeah, we can do this. And it was announced in May of this year that the Zack Snyder cut would actually happen and it would come to HBO Max sometime in 2021. And we, orig- we were originally told they were going to be spending twenty to twenty-five million to complete the film, meaning the score, the effects, bring actors back in to uh, do ADR or reloop their dialogue. Basically, we were told we're going to finish the movie as is. Everybody with me so far? But wait, there's here's more. Where shit gets nuts. So after that. Uh, shortly after that, uh, when people were asking, okay, well, what's the runtime going to be? Is this going to be like a big four-hour thing? Is this like the original two-part movie? What's what's it going to be like? We were told that the film, quote-unquote, would be released in four one-hour parts as a miniseries. 
Okay. Uh, I'm a little confused here. Uh, and then, uh, weren't they going to later combine it back into a giant four-hour film? Yes. So, and, and, and here's where stuff starts to get weird. And here's where we kind of have to, to step back a little bit. So, if you're HBO Max, Warner Brothers, whatever, you don't just want a movie for your streaming service. You want, essentially, your own version of Mandalorian. You want something that's big name, that everybody gets. Uh, it's Justice League. Everyone knows what Justice League is. And you want something that's going to drive viewers back week after week after week. That's why all these new streaming services, when they have a hot new show, nobody dumps it like Netflix, where they put the whole thing out and you can binge it. They do one episode a week, just like the old school TV format, because they want you coming back week after week. So with that in mind, okay, you told us it was a movie. Now it's a four-hour miniseries. Then, just like the doc said, oh, no, 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 no. So it's going to be initially released in four one-hour episodes, and then it'll be released as one four-hour cut of the movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, it, I, yeah, go ahead. I, it, that doesn't make sense. It's like, let's break it down into four parts, but then put it back together into one whole part. Either left, leave it broken apart or leave it all together. Yeah, I'm, I'm, again, I get why they want multiple episodes, but cutting two two-hour movies or cutting one four-hour movie or cutting four one-hour episodes is a whole different monster. If, if, you're, if you're cutting into four parts, each part needs to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It needs to feel like it's progressed things a bit. Yeah, sure, it might end with a cliffhanger, but it needs to stand on its own as an episode. So if I'm if I'm an editor or a director or whatever, if I'm cutting together this story, am I cutting it as a four-hour movie? Am I cutting it as two two-hour movies? Is it four one-part or one-hour episodes? Like, that's completely different. Don't just take a four-hour movie, cut it up by the runtime, and then call it four episodes. That's 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 not going to work. You're, you might bring people in, but if those first couple episodes aren't amazing, they're going to stop watching. Because, you, like, yeah, it was an hour, but it was boring. You're going to need to do, like, kind of like what The Mandalorian does, where, like, the first episode really blows you away, and then you might have, like, a boring episode the next time out. It's still not boring per se, but like, it's a, you know it's what I a mean? sound story. It's a self-contained story. It, yeah, it's it's yeah. every so again. And this is the difference. You're gonna see you're telling a big, overarching storyline through multiple episodes, but not every episode is lore heavy. So again, we'll use Mandalorian season two. Uh, if you haven't seen season two, we're going to spoil some minor things, but episode one hits the ground running. It gives us a cool little adventure with the Mandalorian. It, it hints at what the larger story is going to be this season, but it doesn't jump into that because it's the first episode. Episode two, very much its own standalone story. It's not bad, but it's very much a self-contained episode. You can watch this yep. without having watched episode one of the series and you're fine. Um, 
season or uh, episode three is much more okay now we're going to stop and address some of the larger lore of the show we're going to progress that overarching storyline forward this is a crucial episode if you're following the overall story of the mandalorian fine that's how you cut a series that's not how you cut a movie A movie is I'm telling a beginning, a middle, and an end, and here's my runtime. So here's how much time I have to spend on each of those parts. Again, it's it's like when uh, when you see movies are compressed for time when they're running them on TV. Yeah, what that means is that they they cut time out of the movies, like big commercial breaks in there. Um, But it also it's why movies when you're watching them on TV they lose their flow when you got to stop every fifteen to twenty minutes for a commercial break. Again, if it's a TV show, you write around that. You write you write five acts instead of three acts because you know you've got commercial breaks coming. So you you build in that that space for the story to tell. So your first act, we we come to a, a reveal or a cliffhanger or something cool happens to make sure you don't change the channel and stick around after the commercials. When you're watching a movie, it's literally hey, we got to hack this thing up. To, it's a two hour movie. It's got to fit in. Um, like an hour and uh, forty minute runtime because we got to cut commercials into it, so you lose bits. Um, it, it doesn't flow as much or as well as if you're just sitting down and put the movie in. There's no commercials. So already I'm confused as what the hell the Snyder cut is. But okay, we're getting it. Cool, fine. But what is it? Is this a movie? Is this a two part movie that's four hours long? Is it one giant Lord of the Rings esque four hour? Uh, marathon thing which you know me i'm fine with that is it four one hour episodes what the fuck is it and don't tell me oh it's four episodes and we'll cut it together to be a, a movie no no you know what does that fucking saturday morning cartoons that cuts five episodes together and, and dumps them out on a vhs tape and calls it a movie no that's yeah. not how it works uh i, I mean ah, sorry Bunch of mic. i wouldn't mind if they like if they went with his original plan of cutting it into two two hour movies mm-hmm if that's what they wanted to do. And then I think that if you wanted to get something for HBO Max to get people in, why not make Justice League a TV show on HBO Max? Well, put a put a pin in that. Because no, we're not done right. yet. Because the train gets weirder. The oh, boat boy. ride with Willy Wonka is just starting. <laughs> um, so... What it is aside, is it, again, multiple movies, one movie, a series, whatever. Put that aside for a minute. The content of whatever this thing is going to be has has snowballed into a, a, I don't even know what. So originally we were told the cast would be returning to finish ADR, which is when you come back and re-record your audio. Standard on every movie. Now, granted, given as much of Justice League as, as got cut, to make that original theatrical two-hour movie. If you're going to come back, and again, if there's 90 minutes of footage that wasn't used, yeah, there's considerable post-production work that needs to get done to make that a finished product. ADR is part of that. So when we first heard things like, Ben Affleck's coming back as Batman, it wasn't he's back as Batman, it's he's, he's coming back to finish his dialogue, which is probably somewhere in his contract that he signed is, is that you, you come in and do that. So no one was really going crazy over this. It all kind of, okay, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, they're all coming back. Cool. Then it leaked out that, no, 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 no. They're not just coming back to reloop. We're going to do some reshoots. 
okay okay again reshoots are, are nowadays kind of a standard thing for movies okay maybe things didn't quite fit or maybe there were scenes that were supposed to be shot that again because of the weird production never got shot so maybe some important key scenes didn't get filmed okay okay fine <sighs> then <laughs> we got word that amber heard was coming back as uh, who plays mara in aquaman and in justice league Okay, she's got a very, very small part in Aquaman. I guess maybe there was some dialogue they didn't finish. Okay, fine. Then we were told, and Jay, you're going to love this, Joe Manganello, who makes a very brief appearance at the end of the movie as Deathstroke was coming back for reshoots. Okay. Yeah. Um, that immediately piques my interest. Are we just going to film more of him talking to Lex Luthor on a yacht? Or... There was a, a, a back when crew was talking about things they remember shooting but didn't end up in the movie. One of the things they talked about was there was apparently supposed to be a sequence where uh, that, that scene at the end where Luther's on his boat, even the last time we saw him, he was in jail, and Deathstroke just walks up out of nowhere. There was a whole sequence supposed to be in the movie where Deathstroke breaks Luther out of prison. That would have been awesome. I know. Are we shooting that? That would have made the movie worth seeing. Again, I, I don't... We had no idea. Uh, but yeah, I, I was all... At the time, Joe Manganiello was supposed to be playing Deathstroke in The Batman, which was going to be the Ben Affleck standalone Batman movie. That obviously ain't happening. We're doing a whole different universe thing with Batman now with, with uh, Robert Pattinson. Deathstroke's not in that. But okay, cool, fine. Joe Manganiello's coming back as Deathstroke. He looked awesome in that one scene he was in. He looked really cool in the armor. Are we getting an action scene? I really hope it's not just more of him standing around on a boat talking to Lex Luthor, making leagues uh, puns about leagues. Um, and then, here's the bombshell. Are you strapped in, kids? So far, what we what this appears to be is that in the process of completing this, things might be snowballing a little bit out of the realm of what they were supposed to be originally. This might not just be completing a movie. This might be, hey, we're going to rework this a bit. Or we're going to shoot some more stuff that, because this isn't, this is now not really going to be, we don't think, like the next stepping stone to building the DCEU. This is just going to be a one-off standalone thing. We kind of have some more freedom and there's maybe some more story uh, opportunities to tell here. So I, I think that's where things are starting to flow because so far it's all just actors who were already in the film coming back to either redub lines or film new content uh, but, but we're, we're, we're fleshing out what we assume already was a story or it was the original story. And then like two weeks ago, <clears throat> Jared Leto is returning as the Joker in justice league. <sighs> a character who was never in justice league is now coming in to film scenes for Justice League. Why? Oh. Uh, this confuses me. It, Go ahead. It's it's very confusing because he he did such a bad job. <laughs> Why would you want him back? 
And why would you put him in a movie that he was never in to begin with? <sighs> so the only way I can make this make sense and wrap my head around it is maybe this movie is no, because again, when it was originally going to be released, even back when it was two parts, it was, these are the next steps on the road to building out our DC cinematic universe. That's not what this is anymore. Maybe again, while pulling out all the old footage and cutting things together and recrafting the story, maybe they're now making this to be basically a swan song for what was the DCEU. That would make sense to bring Joker back in because we never saw that Joker interact with Batman. Maybe there's going to be a scene where they address that. Maybe we're bringing Joe Manganiello in for some stuff because that version of Deathstroke is just never going to happen. The only way I can make this make sense is if the project is now a look at what could have been. Uh, we're just going to, we know this, this incarnation of the DCEU is dead. We're moving on. Uh, Wonder Woman's still happening. Aquaman's still getting a sequel. Uh, presumably Shazam is still working forward. The, like the DCEU isn't dead, but this incarnation of it is gone. Because if you look at what's come out since Justice League, um, and even before Justice League, so if you look at Wonder Woman, Shazam, Aquaman, which I would argue are the best movies uh, in this entire franchise. Oh, and then uh, Birds of Prey. Sorry. They're all in that universe, but none of them directly tie into or like there's references to Batman and Superman in Shazam, but he's not a, those characters aren't key parts of the story. There's one line of dialogue in all of Aquaman that mentions anything that happened in justice league. They don't negate or retcon like we talked about last week, uh, they don't negate or retcon Justice League. They just kind of ignore it and move on with their own stories. Um, so, so maybe, yeah. Here, so here's some, well, I guess wild speculation because like that's all that's this is, is wild yep. speculation. My wild speculation would be that, yeah, they're going to try to tie it all up, right? And tie up all these loose ends. And then maybe sort of reintroduce everything using the Flash and, like, Flashpoint. And reset everything using the Snyder Cut to move forward. And that's the big question. So, we know the Flash movie is finally kind of moving forward. And it's going to be some version of the Flashpoint storyline. Which, if you don't read comics, Flashpoint is... In a nutshell, Flash goes back in time to try to fix something. He fucks up royally and resets the entire DC universe. So you can see how a storyline like that would at this point be um, uh, would look good to executives at DC or at Warner Brothers. Hey, we kind of want to start over on this. What can we do? Hey, we've got this Flash story where we do exactly that. Oh, cool. Let's make that a movie now. Um, so, yeah, it is, is this its own project? Am I wrong? Is this a swan song for what could have been? Or are we now reworking this to set up what is going to come? Because then, know. yeah, because yeah. you, you're bringing in all these other actors to shoot stuff. And it's like, I, I see where you're saying, like, 
you know, one big final hurrah for all these characters. But if I know production companies and people that make movies, they're all about the dollar signs. And if doing this somehow revitalizes this idea, I would not be surprised if they're like, oh, hey, look, everybody's back. Just to try to keep milking this cow, even though it's been dead since 2017. <laughs> well, uh, you're you're definitely not wrong. Um, but like everything else with this topic, are you ready for another monkey wrench? Oh, of course. According to Zack Snyder, they've only filmed about four minutes of new footage. However, however, remember when I said initially they said 20 to 25 million to finish off what the movie was? Yeah. It's now up to 70 million. Jesus. For four minutes of footage? Well, you got to pay Jared Leto. (laughs) Fuck that. Uh, No, Birds (laughs) of Prey approved. No, you do not have to pay Jared Leto. Um, So let's get Tinfoil Hattie on this, man. As as Michael Keaton Batman says, let's get nuts. Um, I think you're onto something, Jay, because yeah, uh, this, this this exists in, in a corporation. Uh, what? It's not about massive box office anymore. It's now about driving subscribers to your service. Yep. And what drives subscribers better than a popular series? Not a movie. Movies come out, they have their time, they're done. Look at Netflix for that. Um, you know, uh, um, Extraction, uh, the, the super awesome action movie with uh, Chris Hemsworth, was all anybody could talk about for about a week and a half. And now it's buried in the weird search algorithm of Netflix because that's it. But series stick around because people watch them over and over again. And then you get a new season yep. coming out. They rewatch the old seasons for the new. That's what it's all about. That's all about series. So. Tinfoil hat time. What if whatever it is, four part opening salvo is really just dipping their toe and testing the waters of a completely separate DC universe on HBO Max? Mm. We've already got the Arrowverse on CW, which is completely its own thing. Yep. Uh, except for one scene in Flashpoint where the Flashes meet up and talk. Um, we know, we know that with, with the Flash movie coming, we're going to be retconning the DC cinematic universe, the movies. Now, that's not saying we're throwing everything out. Jason Momoa is still going to be Aquaman. Gal Gadot is still going to be Wonder Woman. Um, Shazam is still happening. Black Adam is still happening. Those things are happening. We do have a new Batman on the horizon, though. Uh, and apparently in the Flash, there's going to be multiple Batman. We're going to see Ben Affleck Batman and Michael Keaton come back as Batman. So what if post-Flash movie, DC turns hard into the multiverse theory, and we now end up the CW-verse, which is its own thing, the DC cinematic universe, which is the movies in theaters, and the HBO Max first, which, cool. for lack of a better term, you could call the OG Snyderverse. Well, if you 
So if you think about it, and they could successfully do that, mm-hmm. they would basically have a right to print their own money to get subscribers to HBO Max. Because there's a lot of diehard DC fans out there that would want to see continuing stories of, like, the Justice League. And then that opens up potential to do crossovers between the Arrowverse on um, CW CW with the HBO, with the cinematic movies, like the ones in theaters. You, you could do a lot of tie-ins. You could have, I guess, guest appearances. Uh, you could basically do whatever you wanted because you've got the multiverse. See, the reason I think this is the way they're going is, and, and granted, I know what some people are thinking is, well, how are they two separate universes if um, Aquaman, One Woman, and Shazam are only in the movies and they're not on HBO Max? And again, like you said, they could maybe have crossovers because the problem is now you got to sign an actress to multiple contracts. I believe Ben Affleck will sign a contract and come back and play Batman one more time in the Flash movie if it's the last time he puts the suit on. I don't know if you can sign Ben Affleck to come be Batman on an HBO uh, series. Uh, That's a long contract to sign. So maybe this would spin off into other characters. Like for a, at one point we had a Batgirl movie in the works, a Nightwing movie in the works, basically a whole Batman universe in the works. Um, we know that uh, like Black Adam is going to introduce characters like uh, Hawkman and Adam Smasher and the old school Justice Society. <clears throat> the DC universe is a big place. What if maybe it's not necessarily all separate universes, but Goose that laid the golden egg. We 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 haven't really mentioned it yet in this episode, but we we can't keep talking about this without mentioning the House of Ideas, Marvel. Marvel movies make billions of dollars. Yep. The Netflix Marvel shows were an interesting experiment. I think ultimately a failure. We're getting a second crack at that. Disney Plus. We were supposed to have two. MCU connected, uh, and I don't mean like tangentially, I mean like literally, these are this is the MCU on Disney Plus. We were supposed to have uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision this year because of COVID, they both got pushed back. That won't happen at all this year. We won't get any new Marvel this year. 2020 sucks, but the new game plan behind these H, uh, uh sorry, Disney Plus shows is that they directly tie into and influence and set things up for future Marvel movies. So if you don't watch WandaVision, you're going to be confused when you go see Doctor Strange 2 as to what's going on with Scarlet Witch, because she's in that movie. They're no longer separate. There's no longer a Marvel TV division and a Marvel uh, Studios. Marvel Studios, who makes the Marvel movies, are now making these streaming shows. That's got to be the model you want. So what if the HBO Max shows are supplemental to the larger universe? So Wonder Woman Gal Gadot might show up on one of these shows for a guest appearance or a few episodes or a little bit of an arc and then go back off to the movies. You can have maybe Ben Affleck come in for, say, five appearances over two seasons or something like that. Uh, But then you could bring in other characters, lesser known characters, build them up, you know, Green Lantern. 
we know there's a Green Lantern series in the works from HBO Max. What if that plugs into all this? You introduce the Green Lantern core in your HBO Max series, then you put one of them, Hal Jordan, John Stewart, whoever, is your your movie Green Lantern. You introduce him in the Max series, and then bam, he's off in a movie. Like that's got to be the model you want, right? Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, they kind of if if they could go back in time, they kind of screwed the pooch with all of this to begin with. <laughs> in so many ways, because uh, if you think about it, there was they they tried to do the Marvel model, but you didn't need to do the Marvel model because arguably the DC characters are so much more well known than the Marvel characters were. Yes, you you didn't need an, a backstory for Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman. Uh, maybe I could see Aquaman. Because he he wasn't as well known, but people at least knew who Aquaman was. But like, they tried to do all these origin stories. If they'd have just fired off with uh, Justice League to begin with, well, I think they'd have been in good shape. I agree and disagree at the same time. I I, I think they could have made that model work. They could have just jumped in based on the fact that Superman and Batman are very, very, very well known. They could have used that common knowledge people have. Everyone knows Batman's backstory. Everyone knows Superman's backstory. They could have jumped in, had you know, built it around the Trinity, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, seen which characters were popular and spun things out from there. Uh, I think the problem with the, the DCEU as it ended up is they initially we're doing the Marvel model with Man of Steel. We're okay. We're going to reintroduce Man of Steel and uh, Superman, uh, all new cast, all new backstory. We're, we're completely cutting ties with the mythology that came before, which is why Superman returns sucks it's because it tried to shoehorn itself into the Christopher Reeve. Uh, I'd say trilogy, but it's four from whatever that's called series, uh, which nobody liked <laughs> for multiple reasons. It, it, that did not work. So this is okay. Clean break starting over. Here's a brand new Superman. And then we immediately jump to he's going to fight Batman now. Okay. Yeah. And hey, it's a new version of Batman you've never seen before. Oh, okay. Uh, and we're going to make lots of hints about a backstory in, in the past to the character, but we're never going to show any of it. Okay, that kind of works because, again, we all fucking know Martha and Pearls, and yeah, we get it. Okay. But they, Why did you say that? Yeah, they, they tried to build out this whole 20 years he's been Batman you know, Robin's uh, suit memorial in the Batcave and, and references to, like, Penguin and, and shit. And, and that's fun to a point, but, again, initially, at one point, the plan was, okay, we got to give Batman a movie so we can establish what the fuck's going on with Batman and, and what is his backstory and what's all this. Like, the problem is that they didn't have the patience to do it that way. They immediately they went from relaunch Superman, which... I like the movie. A lot of people didn't. I'd say, okay, fine. As a relaunch of a character, it worked. We can build from here. And then we immediately jumped to, he's going to partner up with, uh, or he's going to fight against Batman and then partner up and also throw Wonder Woman in and also do Doomsday and kill Superman in the second movie of this universe building franchise, kill Superman. Because uh, no one will see it when we bring him back later. Uh, uh, and then, oh yeah, throw in uh, Lex Luthor's laptop uh, snippets. Just a little, a little shot of uh, every other Justice League character. Just do that. That'll work. Ugh. Right? Like, they didn't have the patience to do the origin story, then build the team model. They rushed it. 
three movies in, it might have been four, we're already at Justice League. <clears throat> Either you launch with Justice League right. and then build out from branch out from there, or you do it the Marvel way. They wanted to do both. Yeah. And it failed miserably. Uh, this whole thing trips me up and blows my mind because uh, the reason it took so long to get the MCU, the reason we, we had to go through the Spider-Man 3s and the X-Men Origins Wolverines and um, the Punisher War Zones, we had to shitty-ass Marvel movies because it took that long for Marvel to get their hands on their own properties again. And then, and also, and more importantly, to start their own movie studio. The traditional model with making comic book superhero movies is, I'm a con. Jason is a comic book company. He owns a superhero character. Jay, what superhero do you own? Flatulence Man. He owns Flatulence Man. I own a movie (laughs) studio. And man, we really want to make a Flatulence Man movie. So we pay this, uh, Jay, I I pay you uh, 10 million bucks. And you're like, okay, cool. Here you go. Make a Flatulence Man movie. And then I go off and make my movie. And at that point, you, as the creator of this character, have zero fucking control anymore because you signed it over to the studio. Yep. That's the old model. That did not work very well for Marvel. Uh, Even when when the movies were good, even with your Spider-Man 2 and your X-Men 2, uh, when they were doing well and making lots of money, Marvel didn't get any of that money. It went to the studio. So it took them a long time till 2006, I believe, uh, when when they were able to leverage their characters to get a loan to start Marvel Studios. And at that point, from Iron Man on, the characters owned by Marvel, which did not at that time include X-Men, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, those were already loaned out. Uh, but as fate would have it, we owned the original core Avengers characters, mostly. Hulk's kind of in a weird spot, but we'll, 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 that's neither here nor there. Anyway, point of all of this, it took Marvel that long to get to a point where they started making their own movies of their own characters in-house. And they could connect all the dots with these characters, set them all in the same locations, have them show up in each other's movies, build to the Avengers, create an entire connected universe. That started in 2008 with Iron Man. Warner Brothers owns DC Comics. They have for decades. Marvel took decades to get their shit together, get their characters back, get a studio started to make their own movies. Warner Brothers, from day fucking one, owned all their characters. And subsidiary, one of the largest studios in the movie-making business. Little shit like in in, uh, Batman Forever when um, um, Bruce says to, to, I forgot everyone's name now, uh, to Dick Grayson, uh, the circus must be halfway to Metropolis by now. They can do that because they own both characters. When George Clooney winks to the camera and says, this is why Superman works alone. They own those characters. (laughs) There was nothing ever, ever preventing them from having connected universes. Uh, other than they just didn't think 
audiences could handle it, I guess. Uh, back in the, the 90s, early aughts, when Kevin Smith was working on his, his Superman project, uh, they were doing a version of the death, death of Superman as a movie. He wrote in Michael Keaton Batman delivering a eulogy to Superman because he's a nerd, and that's how his mind works. Is Yeah, they are all in the same universe. So what frustrates me as a nerd and a fan to no goddamn end, there was absolutely nothing holding them back other than their own lack of creativity to launch a DC connected universe. Yeah. Even after Marvel showed you how to do it step by step and showed you how much ridiculous truckloads of money you can make doing this and how there's a huge fan base for these kind of movies. Marvel had, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. Marvel had to do things one movie, one character at a time because no one knew who the fuck Iron Man was or Thor. Then maybe Captain America. You might have known Captain America has the shield, right? That's the guy with the shield, right? He's got a flag on him. Yeah, Captain America, sure. But you didn't know who Steve Rogers was. You didn't know who the Avengers were. They had to do it that way because they had to make those characters significant to audiences so that bringing them all together meant anything. Warner Brothers owns Batman and Superman. Literally, the their logos alone are recognized all over the fucking planet. It's true. And here we are in 2000 talking about, are we maybe finally getting a DC universe on film? Maybe. Are we finally going to go back and fix that movie from 2017? You know, so here's my hot take. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I need, I need, I need a break. It's, it's okay. Uh, the Snyder cut, release it for the fans. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's what we're talking about. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Release the Snyder cut for the fans. Do with it split it into four movies split it into eight movies do one giant four hour whatever right <laughs> but then just wash your hands of it and move forward with what you are successful with right now mm-hmm. wonder woman aquaman uh shazam right all these movies move forward see what happens with as much as i hate to say it what's his name robert pattinson as batman i don't have high hopes of that but whatever uh just move forward i mean if you want to make a connected universe using the snyder cut and and bring it all together that would be cool but i think in order to truly move forward and do the things you want to do with this universe you might just have to wash your hands of it completely and be like you know Zack snyder that was an interesting era Let's just separate ourselves a little bit. Kind of like what happened with the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. You know what uh, I mean? There's only, there's only two of those movies. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Batman and, Begins and Dark Knight. The greatest Batman twofer ever made. Why Why would you make a third movie and ruin that? You, that yeah, it's true. So, <clears throat> I mean, I would not be opposed to either thing at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, the the Batfleck was an interesting experiment. Uh I thought they I honestly thought that they hit the nail on the head with um Flash, the casting for Flash. Mm-hmm. Um but again, they went so dark and brooding with everything even though they lightened the tone in that movie and now you're going to 
you've kind of separated yourself from that dark and brooding sort of tone with like Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Shazam. Now you're going to just suck people back in. Like, okay. Aquaman, which legit has a shot of an octopus playing the drums like it's fucking Little Mermaid. Yep. Grimdark that shit up. You know, that's like, just separate it. You either, why why once you broke free of that stigma, would you want to suck people back into that dark and brooding, gritty, just awfulness where you feel like a depressed emo kid that needs to take a shower after watching those movies? You know what I mean? It's just like... Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't mind. Release the Snyder Cut. Let people see it. That's fine. But if you want to make a series, use what is successful for you with that tone. You know what I mean? Go back and use your successful movies to set your tone for your series on HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, Like, even Arrow... I mean, Arrow's kind of gritty and dark sometimes, and I would like to see a more lighthearted Green Arrow. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's a whole to spend five minutes on because I'm a Green Arrow nerd. But yeah, uh, look, CW Green Arrow was its own thing. It's over and done now. So stage is fully set for again whether and 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 right there, perfect example of what I was talking about of of sort of splitting. Again, do, copying the Marvel method and and splitting between movies and your streaming series of of focusing on minor characters on your streaming service and you save your big characters for your big budget movies and then bring them all together for you know whatever the next Justice League is. Green Arrow, launch a new go. version of Green Arrow, make it more comic book accurate. Uh, remember that he's a billionaire playboy who enjoys being a billionaire playboy. Let him smile every once in a while. Uh, maybe don't grim dark him up as much. Uh, I don't know. Just, just throwing things out there. Um, but it, characters like that, that you could build a universe around um, or could fit into this universe, I guess is what I should say. Um, I think you... that's the way to go forward. And, and I, so back together, bring all home. What the fuck is Snyder cut turning in? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Zack Snyder knows what the Snyder Cut is becoming. I think Zack Snyder's just really having fun taking his toys out of the toy box again, and I think he's going to get away with as much as Warner Brothers HBO lets him, as far as throwing new characters in, filming new scenes, stretching this out. Because uh, I guarantee you, you could go into Warner Brothers or HBO Max and be like, "Hey, look, we can give you this movie, or we can give you like an ongoing series," and the series is, 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 is the more lucrative thing for a streaming service. So is this a finished film that's now bring uh, uh, finished and, and released for, you know, as it was intended to be in 2017, are they rewriting the entire DCEU? Are they angling to make this a, a new HBO series? I don't fucking know. Flip a coin. Yeah. Uh, spin I that think... top and see what happens. I I just think that you're better off you just distance yourself from this and you can like you said create a new series with and you can have recurring characters you can switch out characters you could call it Justice League um 
You've got, you know, you could have your big names show up every once in a while uh, in that series. But, yeah, like you said, get minor characters back into the light, and then you can do crossovers into the movies. But the streaming is the way to go. I agree with you that they need to they need to get their shit figured out. Call us. We're available. <laughs> well, I think part of the big creative issue is if everything with the DCEU was a failure and flopped and, and got bad reviews, then you could do that. You could, you could just, just cut it off and start over. Yeah. The problem is, and this is weird to say, enough elements of that universe were successful. You don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Never yeah. forget. Never forget. And I will remind people every chance I get. Aquaman made a billion dollars. Aquaman is the current highest grossing movie of the DCEU state of films. Made more than Man of Steel, made more than Justice League, made more than Wonder Woman. Aquaman made more money than the Chris Nolan Batman trilogy. Suck on that, Bat fans. And that's the problem, which is, again, weird to say that our billion-dollar grossing movie is the problem. Uh, Wonder Woman got really good reviews. Shazam got really good reviews. Aquaman got okay reviews, but again, made a billion dollars, and we all know that talks way more than critical reviews. Enough things worked with this universe that you, to throw all of it out would be wrong because those things worked, and they deserve to continue working. But somewhere along the line, this whole building a larger universe thing just got completely off track, and... Where do you go from here? How do you pick up the pieces? I'd love to see Henry Cavill continue playing Superman. I think he's a great Superman when you let him play Superman, not uh, broody emo boy. Uh, it's 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 a tough it's it's a riddle worthy of Edward Nigma himself. What the fuck do you do with the DCEU, and what the hell is the Snyder Cup becoming? Um, I think that's our best guess. Yeah, any one of those options. We don't know. We'll find out sometime in 2020-21 when the Zack Snyder Justice League cut makes its debut on HBO Max as either or both a four-part series and a four-hour movie or whatever it morphs into by the time it finally comes out. I don't know, man. Uh, I feel like every week something comes out about this. And I'm just like, What? Yeah, I I watched the uh, the new trailer, the black and white one that I don't with, know why is black and white. Oh no, uh, is that the one with the what was the song that they cut to it? Yeah, the one that they reused from um, Watchmen. Was it? This is the song Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, like how much more dark and gritty do you need to get it? Like, uh... well. Look, I like, I like that trailer. I like the little thing at the end of Batman talking to everybody and he, where he seems kind of optimistic. Um, I like that trailer. I like the little bits and pieces we got. I like that we're bringing Darkseid in. Um, but then Zack Snyder does stuff like he re-released basically that same trailer with like four seconds of new stuff put to it, but it's all black and white because he says black and white is his preferred uh, version of the movie. Ugh. God. To which I'm like, uh, what? 
comic books aren't black and white. It needs to be darker and grittier. Yeah, see stuff like that. And, and then he's talking about uh, <laughs> in, in news that surprised fucking no one. He really wants to make a Dark Knight Returns movie. Ugh. Yeah, we know, because every version of Batman you've done has been Dark Knight Returns. Yep. Down to the shot of him bursting through a wall holding an M60 with one hand. Yeah, we 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 picked up on that, Zach. <sighs> I don't know, man. Uh, and and that, that just goes to, like, I don't know what's going through Zack Snyder's head. I feel like, again, he's just really excited to break out all these toys again. And he's excited with possibilities of, of, again, if he's doing stuff for HBO Max, I could see HBO Max green lighting a Dark Knight Returns live action movie straight to HBO Max. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I think he's just, I, I, I'm in the same boat as you that I think he's just trying to get his foot back in the door and just be like, hey, I can still make movies. I can still do this stuff. Let me let me try again. And I, I don't know. I just don't know how I feel. <sighs> yeah. No, it's um, it's gonna be interesting between now and whenever whatever this thing is debuts. But until then, I think the conjecture train is is gonna get off here. Um, Unless, yeah. let me check my phone. Did Zack Snyder say something about the Slender Cut in the last three hours? Probably. Uh, so, until then, uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking with us as we try to figure out what the hell is going on with the Zack Snyder Cut. Are you excited for it? Are you in the camp of why? Who cares? This is dead anyway. Quit beating a dead horse. Uh, are you excited with the thought of um, uh, a DC multiverse? Um, let us know. Uh, Doc, thanks for sticking with me. I, I pity the fool that don't want to watch the Snyder Cut on HBO Max. I pity the fool. You we, watch can it. Take, <laughs> we can take off our tinfoil hats now. Uh, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert.